0: If you're struggling with your mental health as a father at any age, this episode is for you. My guest has studied and learned much about the mental health crisis surrounding dads and has written a book about it. He will share his own story and what he has learned and offer much needed hope in just a moment, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you, so much for joining me my guest is mark williams mark is a keynote speaker author and international campaigner for mental health awareness for fathers mark thank you so much for joining me on the fatherhood challenge
1: no thank you jonathan honestly i'm looking forward to it actually share and thank you for letting me share the message as well definitely thank you
0: absolutely so i've got to ask what is your favorite joke mark oh um
1: okay uh Doctor, 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 doctor. Uh, I feel like a pair of curtains. Um, you better pull yourself together. Bad, it's bad, isn't it? I, I, <laughs> sorry,
0: <laughs> but I tried. Mark, what is your own personal story behind why you became so involved with mental health for fathers?
1: Yeah, it started um, <clears throat> uh, in 2004. So we planned to be. Become parents, uh, we just got married at a house, um, and me and Michelle were in totally different jobs where we are now. But um, yeah, we thought we were, we thought we were ready, and I was thirty years of age, then. you know, so um, but um, the pregnancy was fine, nothing wrong with the pregnancy. But um, after twenty hours of labour, Michelle was in, in uh, my anxiety was starting to get worse and worse, and then um, the doctors came rushing in, and they said, Mister Williams, you know, your wife needs emergency C section. We need to get down the theatre quick. And Jonathan it's the first time and only time I've actually had a panic attack, and um you know I felt so guilty you now the attentions on me when it should be on my wife Michelle, you know, and um, it wasn't when I went to theater then obviously, um, what I witnessed, obviously, of course, um, you know, I honestly thought my wife and baby was gonna die in that situation, and um, I felt helplessness, I didn't know what to do I, you know, I was under the impression you know, you know in the labor, cut the baby's cord, and off you go, happy families and It wasn't a case for Michelle. And obviously, as we know now, PTSD is an anxiety disorder, the witnessing or experiencing a life-threatening event, you know, so yeah, it's nothing worse than thinking your wife and baby's going to die in that situation for me and a lot of uh, parents and partners and grandparents as well.
0: So what you basically experienced was a birth trauma.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, 19 years ago, it wasn't really uh, much awareness and, um, you know, perinatal mental health obviously has grown over the, the last 10 to 12 years, especially in the UK, as I say, but back then, you know, we wouldn't even talk about mental health, you know, depression, or anxiety or PTSD, you know, it's, um, it was, of course it was associated with people with, uh, in the armed forces, but, you know, people were aware that, um, of course, fathers can experience PTSD as well. And certainly my wife did. And, um, but it wasn't until a couple of days after my wife was really unwell on the ward. Things changed rapidly. And, um, you know, I was expecting to leave that birth experience. You know, the three of us, but obviously it was only myself, and I couldn't process what just went on. And um, the first thing I did was drink. You know, I knocked my next door neighbours um, at the time, and uh, to use alcohol, you know, to cope with it because it was just, yeah, just too much going on. You know, I was thinking, and um, but things really escalated after Michelle got discharged, and um, she was quickly um, after a couple of weeks in crisis team where. Um, My wife is very open about this, and um, she's trying to take her life by suicide, you know. And um, this this is a woman I love, obviously, and still love today, but she never experienced any, you know, anxiety or depression, as I should say, um, you know, severe as she was getting, you know, after the birth. And um, so um, for the first couple of weeks before the crisis team came in, you know, I was trying to hide it from people. and. You know, trying um, because I was worried about social services. I was worried that the baby was going to take off, take be taken off us. So I was worried about all sorts of things as a father, and I was expecting to be back in work in two weeks, and I was self-employed, so luckily I had a good manager i said, "Look, you know, take as much time off as you want. Obviously, you won't get paid." I was eventually off for six months, you know, because after Michelle went into crisis, it was a case that um it was a world I never experienced before, you know, and. Uh, There certainly wasn't any special services in the UK for mums back then. So my wife was on a hospital ward with, you know, people with all different disorders, you know, as well. So I was totally uneducated about mental health, totally uneducated myself. So, um, yeah, I I didn't know about, you know, severe post-depression, but it was later diagnosed afterwards as uh, she had PDSD as well
0: there really wasn't much awareness for how to treat your wife's mental awareness or mental illness as well is that what you're saying
1: yeah it's um well i was a CPA nurse a community mental health nurse who was caring for michelle um uh, gail james she actually went into the field of specializing in perinatal mental health and um she came across a lot of mums like michelle and she went on to set up a group you know um afterwards but um but Certainly back then, you know, post depression fathers, which I talk a lot about as well, you know, and uh, you know, it was really a case of like for mums back then, you know, oh, what have we going to be depressed about? You just had a baby, you know, those sort of uh conversations were going on as well during in 2004. So we have come a long way as well, and and um, but certainly back then, or you know, and certainly when it comes to fathers, it was literally nothing. I wasn't even asked about my mental health back then either. Like, like a lot of fathers today, and I'll either.
0: The part I can really relate to is the part where you felt guilty for what you were feeling and you did not want to call any attention to yourself and take the attention off of your wife, uh, who was needing care at that moment as well. Very much so. Um, I can relate to that feeling very much. I also experienced birth trauma It wasn't until many, many years later that I realized that that's what I was going through. Um, But looking back now, I felt exactly what you were feeling. I felt that guilt for what I was feeling, and I tried to just suck it up and deal with it in the moment and, and not call any attention to myself. Yeah, and I know many other dads can have experienced that as well and can relate to that.
1: Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for sharing your story as well, because it's, it is it is a big issue that, um, you know, especially in the UK and, and uh, uh, what I've come across, a lot of fathers don't get to the root of the cause and uh, end up in services and who may not, um, you know, another baby comes along and there's more antenatal anxiety then because obviously the father's thinking is is going to happen again, you know, those sorts of things. And, um, and communication is a big factor, you know, where... You know, sometimes mum is overthinking, is there anything I've done? But the way dad's presenting, like I did, you know, avoiding situations, I was drinking more, uh, feeling feelings of anger, um, all these thoughts and feelings. You know, I couldn't tell my wife I was feeling because I didn't want to impact on her mental health even more. So, So I suppressed those feelings for many years as well, you know, so... It's very common, more commonly than we think it is. You know,
0: what are the statistics behind fathers who struggle with mental health or fathers who commit suicide?
1: There's a couple of new studies come out in Canada. A recent study, um, and it's anything from like twenty two percent onwards. You know, they're saying, but um, when you look at the overall studies, um, it's one in ten. We've known for years, and um, but it's that was over for like forty over lot, many studies, but overall it was one in ten. So you know, even though one in ten is a lot, but we got to remember it was one in 10 for years for mums. And then when there was more evidence and research and more screening and assessment knowledge behind it, we know now it's far higher than one in 10 in mums. Uh, so eventually this will be known as it is far higher than one in 10, definitely. But the one thing is, um, with, um, suicide, actually suicide. So in, in the UK it's, um, we call it die by suicide because it ain't actually a crime, uh, to, to, um, die by suicide. And, uh, so it's up to 47 times more risk a father is to um, obviously of suicide as, new, as a new father after 47. And that research came out in 2010. So, you know, this, um, and it was a pretty big study as well on the father. So, you know, so we got, you know, in the UK especially, where we know, um, you know, the biggest killing men under 45 being suicide. And we know the high risk of suicide in women, which is high risk in uh, maternal mental health. And uh, we're still not screening assessing dads, you know. So, you know, we know a lot of these men will die by suicide after the postnatal period as well. And also we know that some of the risk factors could have been from what happened as becoming a new father as well. So it does get more complex. Um, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD at 40 and um, 10 years ago. So, so there could be other issues, for instance, you know, like, for instance, um, you know, uh, neurodiversity. You got uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, dad. um You know, who struggled with um, problems with his mental health before becoming a dad, and then he put the lack of sleep on top of that as well. You know, then he got um you know different structures and different things. We you know with the transition of parenthood as well. So you know, working more hours because it come. You know, there's there's loads of reasons why sometimes it could get worse. because when becoming a new dad as well.
0: So in other words, we could really almost spend an entire new episode just on the topic of the complexities of mental illness that can contribute into the birth experience or even the other way around. Um, I never thought of sleep being a factor, but yes, that's an obvious one. Both the mother and the dad are not getting very much sleep in the very beginning during the birth experience and definitely after the birth experience, and that plays a, a very, very big part. Uh, and then you added several more factors into it that many of us don't think of. If we have other things going on, um, if we have ADHD, and there may be a host of other things that may, be, may have been there before the birth. And all of that factors in. And um, that really leads me into the next question that it makes me wonder. I mean, is mental health of fathers ignored? or treated with less seriousness or awareness than that of mothers and if that is the case why do we think that is
1: yeah so i'm i'm no bit about, obviously in the states you know about um i work with um uh, a gentleman called dr daniel singley he does a lot of fathers and um but also what i know now especially in well, especially in the uk it is we are understanding better but um it's it's only when mums are unwell and uh, their fathers in England can get screened for their mental health so which is a good start but a lot of um, mothers tell me that Mark I'm fine you know my my partner husband is actually struggling and it's actually impacting on my mental health and uh, so some of the research is saying you know, up to 50% of fathers can actually get depression looking after their mo- mothers with postpartum depression as well so you know if if dad's got a depression obviously it's up to 50% of mums get, can get affected so the whole idea is really get a more holistic approach, you know, support both parents, and um, at the same time, uh, with a struggling, and then the outcomes are far better for themselves and relationships, and obviously the child development as well. Because, you know, like I said, fathers when they are depressed, they're less likely to sing, read, dance, and play. They're less likely to follow good health guidelines, like keeping the baby safe as well. So, there's other issues that comes into it. Uh, why we should be looking at a father's mental health, because obviously the impact they may have on the family members as well.
0: That's interesting. I think that is that may be the first time I've ever heard that approach of treating the mental health of both the mother and the father at the same time. So it's probably safe to assume if one or the other is experiencing depression during or after the birth experience, it's probably safe to assume the other one is, and we're further ahead just to go ahead and, and screen and, and treat them both. I think that is probably one of the wisest approaches I've ever heard. Oh, thanks, Jonathan.
1: And like you said, you know, I've been campaigning with government level and um the most important of course is the parents, but the economic costs, you know I mean when you know that uh, we found you know, you can say billions, you know, because a lot of uh, these these men are going into other services and relationships break down and then. There's other issues uh with uh, with within the relationship when they can't see their children, all sorts of things interlinks with a lot of other things as well, you know. So so yeah, it's that early prevention, you know, and um it's such an important time. You know, I always say mental health, uh early prevention starts from pregnancy, you know. So we should be looking after mum and dad or, or whoever that parent is. Um you know, support them because then they could look after the baby better then as well.
0: I want to throw this question in there because I know this has been on the minds of many dads. It was definitely on my mind at the time I was going through this. If you are experiencing, like even right now, if you're the dad listening now and you are experiencing depression, uh, it doesn't matter if it's been recently after the birth or it's been sometime after the birth or maybe even during the birth process. But right now, you are experiencing some kind of depression. You're just feeling down. You're feeling the blues. And there's all kinds of ways that happens. You feel maybe like sleeping more, or maybe you're having trouble sleeping. Uh, you have all kinds of intrusive thoughts that go through your mind, all kinds of things. If that is you right now, and and Mark, I'm asking you, if that, if that dad that's going through this now, should he tell his partner, or should he tell his wife, or is it better to keep it to himself?
1: Well, we did um, some work with parents during COVID, and um, so I worked with his midwife, and uh, the mums, funny enough, would would rather know what's going on than um, them second guessing. And um, so that that came up a lot when we did the exercise. You know, I'd rather know because I'm over, I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking he's having an affair because he's not there. Uh, I'm thinking does he love me anymore? You know, sometimes when it comes to sex, you know, sometimes. Um, the fathers want to have sexually partners because they wanted, you know, the partners to be pregnant again and then go for that trauma again, you know, sort of thing. So these uh, topics do come up. and um, But I, what I know from my own personal experience only is that when I did I have no choice to tell Michelle when I was in crisis afterwards, that's something we do constantly all the time now. We're checking each other. And um, I'm more open with my wife, Michelle, now than ever and over the last 15 years because, you know, I got nothing, it's nothing to be ashamed of really. You know, we, uh, you know, we talk about physical health more than ever. So, you know, if you are struggling, it could be the smallest thing. Sometimes it could be the biggest thing to you. And that would help of your, your partner it could mm-hmm. actually solve that situation together. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm always down. I'm very person centered when I say this, but um, what's worked for me is having a better conversation and openness with my partner, Michelle, wife, Michelle. Okay.
0: So that's completely flipping the narrative or flipping the thought process of most dads. And I think what you said is so powerful and and important. So what you're saying is probably maybe one of the first steps of your treatment. If, if this is what you're going through, maybe one of the very first steps that you should do is open up to your partner, to your wife, to go tell them, be honest with them about how you're feeling. I can tell you firsthand. I mean, the times i've opened up with with my wife i mean what it actually does is it does build the connection it does build closeness it does increase that bond and maybe you're both in the dumps together but being in that that dark place together is so much better than being in that place alone it's so powerful to hear you say that mark from from your perspective and from your side of it your wife preferred and most wives would prefer that their husbands would open up about what's going on in in their minds and uh, and in their own mental health.
1: Absolutely, Jonathan. Yeah, definitely It's the best thing I did actually. And um, you know, and even now, you know, if I want time out, she knows. You know, okay, she's more aware. You know, so um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that like, um, from the fathers, obviously, I've spoken to over the years. That's one of the biggest things they they just don't want to tell their partners. They don't, you know, like you mentioned, intrusive thoughts. You know, you know, dads have. I've spoken about intrusive thoughts are gonna harm a baby and all sorts of things. Well, we know it's obviously that happens to mums, you know. So, you know, maternal or uh paternal O C D, you know, is is it is is it is another never common area. But the good thing about this show as well is it's very much um, is raising awareness to educate the mothers so they can look out for the signs and symptoms if their partner's actually go yes. to trauma as well, you know. So it's really important that moms are aware because, you know, they see them every day as well.
0: The one common thread I see out of this is when it comes to the perinatal mental health experience, it is becoming less of a gender issue. Uh, well, maybe we have made it a gender issue, but in in fact, it's becoming less of a really of an issue between genders and it's becoming a simple, basic human need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely no you're right it's uh it it is it's 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 you know when when you think of it um in my experience obviously it's you know if i it, the understanding of it you know that um and the other things that, that other fathers I speak to when they know that' it's other fathers I'll actually speak they feel better knowing gosh I'm not the only one now, and this is why it's great that you know you're doing the work you're doing you know because like you said, I'm all about equality I'm all about every single person should have the same support. And that has far better outcomes as a parent, and it doesn't matter. Like I said, if nobody was shouting for mums years ago, and I was only shout, and everyone shouted for dads, I'd probably moan, be known more for maternal mental health because it's it's pretty clear, it's pretty obvious that if you support all parents, the outcomes are far better, far far better as well.
0: Now you've written a book. Tell me a little bit about your book and the journey behind. What led you to write that book? Yeah, so I've um, I've been fortunate. You
1: know, I've done a couple of books over the years. It was one, um, well, it turned into a film on Amazon Prime, uh, Daddy Blues. But it was, um, and, we, and we self-funded it. You know, people think you make a lot of money in books, trust me, you know, unless you're J.K. Rowling or somebody like that. But uh, the idea of the book is really just to raise awareness and understanding. And um, so the doctor I work with, we did a, a book um, a couple of years ago. It was very academic. And it was great, great book uh, for, but I wanted to write the book with uh, evidence and research. And um, so that anyone, you know, anyone interested in, in mental health, you know, social workers, doctors could be, you know, parents may have an interest in, in mental health, you know, so it's really for people like really to show the evidence in it, you know, and give the voices of parents in it as well, as well as the academics as well. It's very important. We, I put that in there as well. So, um, yeah, it's just um, it's coming out now soon. It's uh, "How Are You, Dad," and um, if anyone's interested as well, is um, I did a TEDx talk called um, "The Importance of Mental Health," which is obviously the the strapline of the book, really. So you know they can have a look at that to um, to share with their colleagues or whatever, because they might have a father or a friend who's struggling, and it's just normalizing that conversation that um, all the thoughts and feelings I was getting as a new father. There were so many out there having it but
0: i didn't know any other fathers going through the same sort of journey as me at the time if you know happen to know a dad who is struggling with his mental health whether it's a new dad or a dad that's struggling with paternal postpartum depression or an older dad doesn't matter what are the most important things that you can do to help certainly um as mentioned obviously you
1: know going to see your health professional you know obviously uh, but one thing's um you know, it's just having a conversation, you know, looking out for different signs and signs for behaviors that could be, you know, like I mentioned earlier on, you know, is he avoiding the situation, drinking more? You know, is he um is his personality changed during the pregnancy and afterwards, you know. Uh these could be signs as well, you know, as mentioned. But um, but uh, also like I said, it's 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 really I, I, I found when I I started to educate myself on it as well. Um, I found, gosh, you know, it's, that helped me a lot as well, understanding why I was behaving in these different ways as well. But, yeah, I think if there's any, any colleagues out there, just um, just ask the question, you know, how are you, Dad, you know? How are you getting on, you know? Because like you mentioned about sleep, you know, sleep, you know, severe sleep deprivation, you know, you know that can cause psychosis on its own, you know? So, so these sort of things, you know, maybe some fathers who just want just want a conversation, just see how things are going on. And I don't see him again then. You know, I just want to have a chat. And to the most severe end where, unfortunately, I've supported fathers where, you know, they have made plans to um die by suicide. And obviously we've put interventions in place then. But sometimes majority of fathers I speak to just want somebody to talk to, just saying this is how he's feeling. Because certainly um, when I was becoming new, I didn't have no, I didn't have, I didn't get this overwhelming feeling of love for my son initially, you know, cause I was just so concerned, you know, there was so much going on, but that bond and attachment grew when I was home for that six months, uh, doing skin to skin, baby massage, all that stuff, which I self taught myself. So these sort of things can help dads as well, you know, you know, skin to skin, you know, releases oxytocin, go for dad and baby, you know, being involved, um, into breastfeeding where, you know, fathers may feel excluded sometimes, uh, during this period, and I'm um, feeling isolation, loneliness. So it's in trying to empower the dads and in, explain to moms that it's very important that we include dads in this in this process as well.
0: The title of your book um, makes it so simple. How are you, Dad? The simple question, very very simple question, can have such a powerful impact. Just checking in with that Dad. That's I, that's what I love. That the advice that you gave, it, it's so simple. And it is probably the one thing that a lot of new dads and even older dads are are hungry for the most, that community, that that fellowship. In addition to reading your book, what are some other resources that you would recommend to dads who just need a little bit of extra hope?
1: I would certainly look at more the, um, you know, like for instance, the early years stuff, you know, if you are becoming a new dad, you know, pre- you know prepare yourself, you know, the language and the labor work can cause trauma as well, you know. You know, for for me, you know, emergency C section. You know, so the language, you know, empower. You know, learning. Ask your midwife. You know, if you've got any questions, you know, empower yourself to go on to it. it. Doesn't matter how silly the question is. Make sure you know you get your point across, so you can understand it better as well. So, yeah, it's engaging with health profession. But remember, you know, dads out there, you've got your own experience, and and remember that uh, it's okay that was feelings. And to empower yourself, you know, it might be you're more concerned about your partner's mental health, you know, empower yourself to say, okay, um, I want to know more, you know, for instance. So that's something I, I, I can think of the top of my head.
0: How can dads find your book, connect with you, or learn more about what you're doing?
1: I got a website. Um, it's called www.howareyoudad.co.uk. And um, there's some articles, obviously, I, I've done... Online, so if if you look at Mark Williams, uh, father's mental health, and um, we also got an international day, uh, which is uh, always a day after Father's Day in the UK, and it's International Father's Mental Health Day. So if anyone wants to be involved with that, any anyone really can can um, can certainly come on board, and and we on that day we do certainly uh, give out a lot of information and resources. And obviously normalize those conversations. We should be talking about it every day, but it's one day of the year that we really, really push ourselves out there to get as much information out there for people.
0: And just to make things easier, if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's fatherhoodchallenge.com. If you go to this episode, look right below the episode description, and I'm going to have all of the links posted there for your convenience. So you can just click on them and it'll take you right to those resources. And Mark, as we close, what is your challenge to that dad listening now who's struggling and he's just bottling everything inside? Yeah, well, I'll take myself to that moment um,
1: you know, the quicker the help, the quicker recovery and uh, there's no shame and um, I I if, if luckily for me I well, I had a total breakdown because I was I was so unwell, I was gonna have all thoughts um obviously suicide. I never made a plan never made a plan but i was very unwell and um so the quicker the help the quicker recovery i always say you know at the end of the day it's it's you know early prevention you know because i know for, for my own experience and speaking to other parents you know it just gets worse and worse and worse and that's not good for you your family and obviously your children as well so yeah don't be no shame just make sure you speak out today to somebody.
0: It has been an honor and a pleasure having you on the Fatherhood Challenge. You've given us so much to, to think about. Uh, you've challenged our thinking. And, and I know you've helped a lot of dads out there that just need that effort, extra little bit of encouragement and help. And you've provided resources to be able to help these dads heal. Thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge.
1: No, thank you, Jonathan. Thanks. Thanks for asking me. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit the That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. I'd like to pause and thank our proud sponsor of the Fatherhood Challenge, Zencaster. If you've thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcast production platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. But the reason I personally use and trust them with the production of this syndicated radio program is their professional broadcast quality sound. There is no better time than now to start your podcast using Zencastr for all your needs. Go to zencastercom slash pricing and use my code fatherhood and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.